Great. So we're on Baruch Shamar, page 16. Let's try to finish it today. So opening of, oh, we have lots of drop-ins, old people, new people. Let's go around and say our name. I'm Avi. Chef. Norm. Rachel. Norm. Other Norm. Rudy. Uh-huh. John. Mike. Tom. Terry. Debbie. Meyer. Meyer, not Mayor. And we have a minion, so we'll try to finish on time. We'll try to say Kadish to Um So... <laughs> We're entering the second section of the Sidur. All this is review, which is Psuke de Zimra. Uh, the first section, Birchot HaShachar, we kind of got grounded in ourselves in the morning. Um, the second section, Baruch Shah, uh, uh, Psuke de Zimra, Psalms of Praise, which is mostly from the Book of Psalms, but not entirely, is intended to get us kind of in the mood to daven. So it's meant to appeal to the uh, our emotional state, and um, we have a bracha at the beginning and a bracha at the end, just like Hallel. Okay, we have an intro bracha and then an outro bracha. But before the intro bracha, we have this poem, which is the first half of the page. So again, to us, Baruch Shamar, we recite it as one prayer, okay? But it's really two entirely different things. And we talked about this poem two weeks ago. I think we never got back to it last week. I don't know why. Um, so I'm just going to zip through it, and I think this is meant to be a statement of theology. As we get, roll into Psuche to Zimra, Psalms of Praise of God, this is a statement of theology, and then I'm going to, let's look at all the things in it, and I'm going to ask what's there and what's not there. If we're, you were going to make a theological statement about, you know, God is this or God does that, what, what would we... Uh, what's here that we would expect, and what might we expect that's not here? Okay? So, um, blessed is the one who spoke and the world became. Baruch Hu. Baruch Hosef Reshit. Blessed is the one who makes Breshit, literally, who does creation. Baruch Omer Vaoseh. Blessed is the one who speaks and does, and we talked about how this is clearly a reference to Breshi chapter 1, where over and over God creates how with what verb? What's the verb where it says that God made this and God made that? It's Vayomer, right? So it's not Breshi chapter 2, which is about fashioning from the earth and blowing life into us and stuff like this. Breshi chapter 1 is the more abstract version of creation, where God just spaketh and it comes into being. Okay? As opposed, so, blessed is the one who spoke and made or made through speaking. Baruch gozer um kayem. I'm going to put a question mark here. Okay? Blessed is the one who decrees and carries it out. And I'm going to put the question mark. We'll come back to it and say, what does that mean in this context? Baruch Merachem al Ha'ares, Baruch Merachem al Habriot. Blessed is the one who has compassion for the world. Blessed is the one who has compassion for the creatures. So the world suggesting the universe and creatures suggesting the living things, subset. Okay? And we've said this many times. Merachem comes as a verb from what, ide- what word and what idea? Womb. Womb. Rechem. Right? So. 
uh, and we've commented numerous times about the irony of all the powers of the deities getting folded into the one monotheistic god in the Bible, and so the goddess power of creativity and generativity and fertility also gets folded into the male god, so the word for gods, rachamim, really means womb feeling. God has womb feeling. And, of course, it fits nicely here, because what have we been talking about in Baruch Shamar? Well, to what? Creation, right? So God speaks, right? And then God, so usually we translate as has compassion on the world, but uh, another way of saying that is, uh, of translating could be God has womb feeling for the world, or God births the world. I, I don't want to I don't want to claim that mirachem in usual in biblical rabbinic Hebrew actually means to give birth to. I'm not claiming that. Right? That's not how you would that's not how you would say giving birth. But there's a hint in the use of this word, right? What's the relationship of God to the world? So first of all we said God spoke and made the world. And here the relationship of God to the world is one of compassion or womb feeling. Again, compassion is a fancy schmancy English word that comes from Latin. I don't know what it means, right? But here we just says womb feeling. So blessed is the one who has womb feeling for the creatures. Or who wombed the creatures. That's a stretch, but I think it's hinted at in the use. In the, yeah? Isn't it active? It's an active. Lirachem. Yeah, it's a PL. Right, but... It, does, it doesn't... Uh, go ahead. It's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just... So, but God did something. Right. right. It's God doing something, whether that means acting with compassion or having maternal feeling or birthing. But birthing is only hinted at. I don't want to say that Merachim means birthing. Baruch Meshalem Sachar Tov Blessed is the one who... Uh, pays a good recompense to those who revere God. So it's sort of like, which one of these is not like the other one? That one is definitely not, not like the others, because the others up until now are about creation, right? Except for maybe Gozerum Kayem, which I put a question mark next to, so we're going to come back to that. Baruch Hai La'ad V'Kayam Lanetzach, Besed is the one who lives forever and exists for eternity, something like that. Alive for eternity and exists forever. Baruch Podeh Umatziol, again, this one is somewhat different than the creative ones. Blessed is the one who redeems and saves, rescues and saves. Baruch Shemo. So if I said to you, well, this looks sort of like a poem, in which the poet wants to, since it's before Birchot HaPsuke uh, de Zimra, one would infer that the poet wants to kind of foreshadow what the themes are going to be in the Psalms of Psuke de Zimra. And I asked you to summarize this not in one sentence, but in a, in a, uh, in a, in a complex sentence involving commas. What would you say about this? This tells us that God is what? The poet is saying that Hashem is Pardon? Wait, wait, creator. creator. What else? Merciful. Merciful or compassionate or whatever verb. Universal. Universalist. 
universalist. So that's one of the things that is missing. What is missing here? There's no Israel. 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 There's no Torah either. Right. By the, and there's no Torah either. By the way, we do have words that are frequently associated with Israel and the splitting of the Red Sea. And what are those words? There are words in here that we would expect, you might think, Podeumatzil, right? So normally, when we're talking about Podeumatzil, if it's in the Psalms, we're talking about God actually saved me from some jam, but those are the words that we commonly use when we're talking about taking us out of Egypt. Usually. Yeah, but who are they? Let's be practical. The, 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 who are the ones who revere God? Us, right? So name Israel. So, again, you could say something about Israel, the Jewish people, is maybe hinted at here, but then uh, is clearly not. By the way, when we read the Psalms, what are the Yireim doing, those who revere God? What are they usually doing in the Psalms? Praise. Where? Where do they Praise. They come to the temple, they offer praise at Thanksgiving, so we have all these psalms that say that. But this is clearly, uh, again, I, I, I read it as intentionally omitted. So the things that we generally would come to expect, if I said, give me a full theology of what the Jewish people believe in, in a, succinct, in a succinct way, okay? Um, and we have lots of other prayers that are litanies of all the things that God did for us, and it usually includes, you know, took us out of Egypt, and like, you know, Dayenu, right? <laughs> gave us the Torah, brought us to the land, gave us the temple. All those things are absent, with the result being that, as Norm says, this introductory poem, poem is very universalistic. There's nothing, I don't say it's not Jewish, because these are Jewish, but, but there's nothing in it that limits it to the Jewish people or to history. By the way, another thing that's missing, Baruch Mishalem Sahar Tov blessed is the one who pays a good uh, uh, recompense to those who revere him. What is frequently the next line? Right, so frequently the next line is God pays good to those who revere him, but uh, recompenses the wicked. Okay, we have that in so many Psalms. So again, that's missing also. Okay, that's the common thing that we would expect is the, the flip side of that, right? M most places where it says God pays good, it also says and God pays bad. Everyone gets their due. So that's missing too. So there's no punishment, okay? There's nothing particularly nationalistic or tribal. Um, no omniscience. Pardon? No omniscience. Uh, there's no omniscience. So there's no Torah. There's no land or temple. Very interesting. So the opening poem that the poet wrote, or that's and, and or that the group mind selected, as I guess I'm going to call it really the preamble to Birchot Shachar, because technically Birchot Shachar doesn't really start till you say the blessing. It would be as if, if I could just give you an analogy so you get it sort of structurally, literarily, we have Hallel, which opens and closes with a blessing and contains psalms of praise. And we have Baruch Sha'ama, de Zimra, which is psalms of praise, which opens and closes with a blessing. It would be as if someone inserted a little poem before Hallel to foreshadow what's going to happen in Hallel. Does that make sense? Or like we have now in the conservative Shabbat morning Sidur, we have that little poem inserted before Nishmat, right? 
uh, and the different editions of the Cedarim, there are different editions of it, but it's a little poetic focusing device, okay, before you actually get to the davening, to preface to the davening. So whereas Psuke de Zimmer is to get you into the mood to daven, the first half of Baruch Shamar is to get you in the mood to do Psuke de Zimra. And you say it doesn't start until the bar flu, or until Well, I'm saying, I'm saying Psuke de Zimra, the Psalms of Praise, right, starts and ends with a bracha to demarcate it, and that bracha actually starts on the second half of the page. It does not start until the second half of the page. Down, down below here. Yeah. Michael? Yes, it also sounds like a, a mini listing of attributes of God. Well, yes. Yes. Correct. Agreed. That was my point, that this is the theology of who do we think God is? This God who we're about to praise in Baruch Shamar. What is this God? Who is this God? These are, this is the answer. Creator, kind, compassionate, rewarding, eternal. We do have supportive. eternal again. Pardon? Supportive. supportive. Okay, so in context, then, we have to, I, let's go back to the question mark, try to resolve it. Baruch gozer um kayem. So usually when we say God is gozer, decreeing, again, there, it's interesting, there's use of a number of words here that are used elsewhere very commonly in a conventional way, but then defies our expectation because they're used here not in a conventional way, just like the, uh, the, um, the podeo matzil, right? Podeo matzil, but it's not b'nei shol, splitting of the yamsu. So what is gozer usually about? God usually decrees. What do we, you know, what does that evoke in your memory banks about, you know? God makes a decree. How is that usually used? Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, Rosh Hashanah, which means rewards and punishments. What else? I heard another mutter. Say again? Okay, Ro'ah HaGezerah, the bitter decree. Yeah. So decrees are usually negative. negative, more so than positive. It's usually not the king decrees an amnesty for everyone. Yay, everyone goes free. No one pays taxes. It's usually the king decrees, right? Something that's a severe decree, Roahagzera, right? So what it, so, but that's clearly not what it is in this context. I'm not sure what it is in this context. What do you think it is in this context? Well, as it relates to Mekayim, right? So it's like decree is like, you know, something that is, like you said, was from the word cutting. Yeah. And uh, Mekayim is meaning existence. Yes. So it's a, it's a, they tend to be comparisons for each other, don't they? Yeah. Two words. So, but then how does it fit in this? What does it mean? If I were just asking you to translate very broadly, idiomatically, but make it fit within this poem. It's like Shamar. It's a repetition of Shamar. about what? Creation. Right. right. So it's about creation. In this context, it seems like it's about creation. It, again, it's very unusual. Because normally, gozerum kayem means God says, I'm going to reward someone, or I'm going to punish someone, or I'm going to send you down to Egypt, or <laughs> rescue you from Egypt, or something like that. Those are the kinds of things that a gzera usually is. And then God executes that. God makes a promise, and then God executes it. A promise about something that's going to happen to some group of people. Okay? And then God carries out that, that uh, decree. But it's clearly used here very differently from that. It seems to be in context of creation, meaning God uh, decrees creation or existence, right? 
a little bit like Omer the Osen, right? Gozer is like Omer, right? Decreeing is like saying, and Mikhayim is like Oseh, it's doing. So I just want to point out, it's an, an unusual, I don't, I don't know if it's meant to be ironic, but it's an unusual use of Gozer and Kayim to be not at all about what Gozer is usually about. No one said the world, I, I can't think of another place where it says God created the world where the, the word that's used for that is that it's a Gezerah, it's a decree. <clears throat> and usually in rabbinic literature, decree is about a reward or a punishment or a historical event or something like that that's going to happen. Uh, well, we refer to yeah. the king later in the same prayer, so maybe a yeah. relationship to a, a decree coming from the king. Yes. Who's a god yes. Yes, but it's a yes, but it's a decree about something right. that we don't usually expect to have the word decree about. But it does tie in, as you say, to the first chapter of Frasius, because there it's always by Omer, he said, yeah. and he said it's like a decree. Yes, agreed. Yeah. It's done. Right. And, right. And, it, and then it seems in context, Baruch Omer Ve'oseh, Baruch Gozerum Kayim, in a nice poetic way, is parallel. Yes, agreed. So I'm just pointing out that it's a very unusual use yeah. of Gozerum. So what's interesting about this poem is we have a number of things. Um, Gozerum. Uh, Mishalem Sahartov, but no punishment, okay? And Hodeo Matzil, but without any mention of the Jewish people all, at all. So we have a number of phrases that are very familiar to us from other places in the Sidur or in rabbinic literature, but their usual association, so maybe their associations are there in the back of your mind, but it's not at all explicit. So this view of the deity rolling into um, who is God? What is God? God is creator, compassionate, uh, protector, eternal. It's a very positive uh, and universalistic view. So this is some person's poem, we don't know who, about the introduction, the preamble to Psuke um, Zimra, which really starts with the bracha at the bottom of the page. Tal? So then, if this is, yeah. in many ways, attributes, yes. why was this chosen instead of maybe Yigdal, which is very straight on its praise and it's what God has <laughs> done and... But also the Torah... And the right. Torah, exactly. Well, so why, why, that's why take That's kind that? of my point. I mean, you're going to have to answer that question. Or, I mean, maybe Yigdal wasn't around when it was written, but that's not the point. Uh, the, the point is that someone wanted to have a preamble, right? I'm going to call this preamble to, we're going to praise God. So I'm going to have a preamble first. I'm going to give you a little poem in which I tell you all about God. Okay? And all about God does not include punishment, does not include the Jewish people, does not include history. Unless you consider creation to be history, but uh, you know what we think of as all the things of human history. So many of the things that we associate, or Torah, or or Eretz Israel, or the Temple. So many of the things that that are commonly associated. If you so you're you're saying you know if I picked some other typical Jewish statement, classic Jewish statement of what God is and does, this wouldn't necessarily be it, and that's kind of my point. My point is. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? That it's not Yigdal, or something like Yigdal. That it is this, that has nothing about the Jewish people 
nothing about the Red Sea, nothing about the difference between Jews and the other nations. By the way, again, and we find all of those themes amply in Psukei to Zimra, right? They are totally present in the Psalms, and yet the poet who wrote this poem, uh, I guess I would just say, ignores them, right? And, and thus has an introductory poem, which is very, um, I will just call it uh, creative, uh, it's about God as creator, universalistic, and compassionate, with none of that other stuff. So that's pretty interesting. And yet the poet uses a number of buzzwords which commonly are connected to that other stuff, but doesn't then spell any of that out. Okay, so is that is that an intentional, is it a hinting at it? We know what you think, we know when you hear what you're thinking about, you're thinking about, you know, leaving Egypt and all the times God protect us, or is it kind of an intentional ignoring omission suppression? Suppression goes a little too far. Okay, okay, page 13, page 13. 